You are listening to The Partner Podcast, relevant information to enhance the careers and improve the lives of partner-level attorneys. Produced by The Attorney Search Group, we grow law firms and accelerate attorney careers. Visit us on the web at attorneysearchgroup.com. Ed Flanagan is a director of expense reduction analysts in eastern Pennsylvania, Delaware, New Jersey, and New York City. As an advisor and advocate, his focus is to build strong relationships and deliver comprehensive cost containment solutions for his clients, many of which are law firms. During his tenure with expense reduction analysts, Ed has led reviews of over $950 million in expenses with an average cost savings of 24%. Prior to joining ERA, Ed spent more than 30 years as an auditor, controller, and CFO of commercial and residential development and construction companies. I've got with me on the show today, Ed Flanagan, and today we're talking about law firms guilty of overspending. Ed, thanks for joining me on the show today. Uh, Thanks, Scott. I'm glad to uh, have the opportunity to speak to your your podcast uh, listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we've met a few times and I've gotten to know you and I was really surprised about the potency that your your firm has with law firms in the area of expense reduction. And I'm not surprised that law law firms are overspending in, in certain areas. So tell me about your career progression. How did you go from CFO in the home building industry to a director of a global expense reduction consultancy? Yes, Scott. So uh, actually, I started out in public accounting for a large firm in Washington, D.C. And uh, after three busy seasons, I got an opportunity to interview with a large home builder in Columbia, Maryland at the time, Ryland Homes. And Mm -hmm. I started with them as an internal auditor. And after a couple of years, they asked me to go down to Houston to be a controller. And then from there, I went back to the Philadelphia area where I was born and raised and worked for Toll Brothers as a controller. And then I moved up to a CFO position for another local builder in the Philadelphia area. And back in 2008, the home building uh, crash, the firm I was with, we didn't survive. So I had the opportunity to uh, find out more about expense reduction analysts who I engaged during my time with the CFO. And uh, I've been with them now for 11 years and work with uh, all sorts of industries. And uh, we've done a lot of work for law firms in the area. That's great. So you've seen how they worked as a client and now you're working for them. So you've understood exactly how that works. So so tell me about what you've seen with law firms. And when you and I talked before, I wasn't surprised because I know that within a law firm, there's just a lot of moving parts and you've got attorneys that are busy, they're billing time. So they're focused on client need. Even the leaders of law firms are still working with clients many times and they've got staff and the staff can only do so much. So tell me, what do you think are some of the areas that you've been able to help law firms in terms of their expense reduction? Yeah, Scott, what you mentioned is exactly right. Uh, the law firms we're dealing with are very busy. The administrative staff is swamped, and they don't have the, uh, the knowledge and the expertise to look at their G&A expenses. And what we've been able to do is to help them in a number of areas, including uh, document storage, office supplies, insurance site copying, uh, copier leases, banking services, small package freight, telecommunication, payroll processing, all sorts of areas. And we typically go in, and the nice thing is we work on a contingency basis. And if we're successful, we share in the savings over a two-year period 
And after the two years, the client gets all the savings. Oh, wow. So it's not really a cost for them at all? No. I mean, other than, uh, you know, some time to get us uh, started with gathering data, we run with the ball. We provide them with a baseline report. Uh, Once they accept that, uh, we then go out to the market on their behalf to try to find savings. And the interesting thing is two-thirds of the time, the savings come from the incumbent supplier. So there's no need to switch suppliers in a lot of cases. That's interesting. So if you kind of looked at the top areas where you think there's a lot of waste, where do you think those are within a law firm environment? It's definitely uh, document storage, payroll processing, and uh, the insurance category, both health benefits and uh, you know, business BNC and workers' comp insurance. Well, I sure am glad you didn't say headhunter fees, Ed. So <laughs> that's good. I was sweating that one. Yeah, we don't get involved with law, legal fees or accounting fees or headhunting fees. Of course, it's, it's tough to uh, compare apples to apples. So why do you think this happens? I mean, well, let me first back up. What are some of the amounts that you've seen? If a firm that has a few hundred attorneys is overspending, what have you seen in terms of the total dollars that they're overspending on? Yeah, I mean, we just worked with a firm down in D.C. where they had about uh, you know 250 attorneys. And we saved over a quarter of a million dollars for them. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot of money behind the sofa, you know? Yes. Yes. Is it an issue? Why do you think that happens? Is it an issue of people just not paying attention? Are they paying for things more than once? What are some of the reasons why? Well, basically what it is, is they don't have the benchmark data. They feel that they're doing a good job, you know, with fiduciary responsibility to get the best pricing, but they don't have benchmark data. They don't understand the supplier's industry. And what way is the best to uh, procure and get the best savings? So by having a third party come in and, uh, you know, we don't get paid by the suppliers. So we're neutral and the clients like that. So we're doing trying to find out what's best for our client. And what we do is we talk to the suppliers and ask them, you know, what's the best way for our clients to save money? And a lot of times, you know, the clients are saying, hey, we need our office supplies uh, delivered every day. And uh, is that really the case? And if you can go from everyday delivery down to two or three times a week and help the supplier save money, they can pass those savings on to you. That's great. So is there any pushback from the suppliers that you've seen when you come in and work for their clients in terms of cutting the costs and all that? Well, I mean, they're not happy that we're involved, you know, because they don't want to reduce their costs, but they realize that we're not trying to get rid of them as long as they can sharpen their pencil and provide, you know, best pricing that we probably saw from that supplier and our other clients. So, you know, they have to reduce their margins, but, you know, they get to keep the business. Right. That's good. So what are some of the reasons why a firm has not chosen to go with your company or any company in this area? I'm sure you've seen that there may be resistance. Why do you think that exists? Well, a lot of times the clients feel that, um, you know, they don't have time to take on another endeavor even though that we've been in business for 21 years, so we try to streamline that process. They also are, uh, you know, they may not want to move forward because they think that they already have the best prices. Uh, Sometimes an administrative staff uh, member might say, well, you know, if these guys come in and find a lot of savings, that would look bad for me. So, you know, they're the main reasons where uh, we find that they don't engage us. Yeah, I can, that last one, I could see that would be a pretty big impediment to keeping a firm from cutting their expenses just because right. of how it's going to make somebody look. Have right. you ever, what, what advice would you give for a firm that's thinking of doing that 
but that might be the reason why they don't go forward. What recommendations would you give to that person? Well, what I would tell them, Scott, is that, you know, we've been doing this for 26 years. So in, in over 19,000 projects during that time, 90% of the time, our clients are overspending, but they don't realize it. And we would tell them that, you know, our goal is not to make anybody look bad. Our goal is to be part of the team and help them, you know, implement savings. And then the other thing is we track the savings for two years. So the administrative staff, you know, one of the responsibilities is to look at a, an office supply invoice with hundreds of items and make sure they're getting the contracted prices. That's not a fun endeavor. So we do that. We take that on uh, uh, and help them, you know, save time in the administrative area in that way. So tell me then, when you say you track that for two years, what does that mean exactly? What exactly do you do in that regard? Yeah. So what we do is every month, uh, part of our negotiation with the suppliers, we ask them to give us a detailed uh, summary of everything that the client purchased. So we don't need to see individual invoices. We just get the summary. And we do two things. The first is we compare what they're paying today to what they were paying to what we negotiated the price. So if they were buying paper for, you know, they're buying paper for $30 and we contracted it for $28, we'll be able to find the creep in the prices that always happen. So if the supplier overcharges our our client, we'll ask them to issue a credit and then we'll follow up on the credit. The next thing we do is we take the, uh, the activity for the month and we look at every line item and compare it back to what they were paying when we put together the baseline report. So again, if they're paying, uh, you know, $35 for a box of paper, we get it down to 28. We save them $7 a box. They bought 10 boxes. We save them $70. So all the savings are transparent. And once we total up the savings, we provide them with an invoice for our share of uh, 50% of the savings for two years. Wow, so that's great. Basically, those savings are already in the client's pockets. And we're just saying, okay, at this time, uh, let us have our 50% share. That's perfect. I think that sounds like an ideal business model where what's the downside, you know, yeah. except for the, some of the other things that we already mentioned. Yes. So tell me then, you mentioned that you're compensated on the tail end. Is there any upfront cost when you work with your firm clients? No, there's no upfront cost. But we do have, uh, in our contract, we do have termination language. If they were to terminate before we get to the point of finding savings, we have to charge them a termination fee just to uh, recoup the, uh, the time and effort that we put in. Mm. Other than that, so, no upfront deposit or anything. So let's just say there's someone listening, there's a law firm leader that's hearing this and says, that's good, but I'm kind of reluctant. Let me see if we can take some initial steps internally before we call Ed and uh, his company. What recommendations would you give to that law firm leader? What would be some initial first steps that you would give to that person? to start that, that journey of saving money on their expenses? Well, if they go out to the market on their own behalf, the thing to do is they need to have benchmark pricing. They need to know what is the best price to make sure that they get that. And that's very difficult to, to find. And, and, and can uh, you give me a definition? What do you, when you say benchmark pricing, what does that mean exactly? So in other words, if they're going out to buy paper, toner, pens and pencils, what in fact is the best price? You know, how do they know they're getting the best price? You know, so we work with a law firm that had over 500 attorneys, and they thought they had great prices for their uh, small package freight, the UPS FedEx. And here we came in and found another 30%. And they were saying, geez, this is unbelievable. We thought we were in good shape, but they don't really know because they, how often do they negotiate, you know, FedEx prices? Maybe once a year, right. maybe once every two or three years. 
we have people on our team that do 20 to 30 projects a year. And so let's say, so they cut that by 30% and then your company's fee is 15% pretty much of what, or, or half of what they save, right? That's exactly right. 50% of the actual savings for the first two years. Wow. So that's found money for them. It's a good business model for you. Everybody's happy. Uh, that's, that's great. So how would they start this benchmark process? How would they get that data? Well, you've got to uh, you've got to have somebody that knows the industry and has been out negotiating and, and knows what the best prices are for all those items. And it's very difficult to have somebody on your team that knows the best prices for you know copier leases, for insurance costs, for office supply costs, for document storage. You know, nobody has that expertise. And we're a global company in 30 different countries. We're actually the largest consultancy of our kind in the world. And wow. this is all we do. What an, what an interesting business. So let's say there's somebody listening to this. Let's say there's a partner that hears this and says, you know, that's a good idea. That's not my area of expertise. That's not my role within the firm. Who within the firm usually is the person that you start with in your dialogue? And then who's the one that signs the contract with your company within a firm? Well, Scott, it's usually the, the uh, decision maker in regards to you know, overhead costs for the firm. You know, larger firms may have a CFO, they may have a controller, they may be a partner that's the administrative uh, uh, lead for, uh, you know, the team of partners. So it really varies in, uh, you know, across different, uh, you know, law firms. So it's really that person that has a responsibility to, uh, you know, to decide what suppliers to use and they would be the one that I would uh, talk to and negotiate and sign the contract. Okay, good. So let's say if a firm says, Ed, this is interesting. We like the idea. We're just so busy over here. There's no way we could do this. How much work really is involved for the law firm when they work with you, noting that they're usually very busy? What's the reality? How many man hours does it take for them to get all the data to you? And what's expected as the relationship continues? Yeah. The nice thing about working with us is that, again, we've done this for 26 years. All of our clients are super busy. So we try to streamline the process. So instead of sending us thousands of invoices, all we would need is one invoice from each supplier, and then we would provide them with a letter of authorization to put on their letterhead. And that letter of authorization allows us to negotiate on their behalf, allows us to gather data, but not to make any changes. So with that letter and the uh, one invoice that gives us the uh, account number, we can reach out to the supplier, let's say at Staples, and ask them to give us a year's worth of activity. The next step is we need to talk to the people at the firm and responsible for the various categories. Let's say it's office supply, and we need to ask them, you know, why are you using the current supplier? What are your service requirements and things like that? Because if we're able to find savings, it's all predicated on as good or better quality and service. So once we get all that data, we'll put together a very detailed baseline report that'll list what they're spending in total, what they're buying for every SKU number, and what their current prices are, and what their service and quality requirements are. We sit down with the client for a half an hour, go through that, and make sure that we've got everything correct. Once they say yes, we're uh, then ready to move out with a, a very detailed RFP. We go to the current supplier, we reach out to other suppliers that we've used in the past, and we give them two or three weeks to uh, respond to our uh, requests for proposal. 
And when we get that data back, we'll put together a very detailed options report. We'll then again sit down with the client for a half an hour and go through the options. And uh, for instance, we may say that the current supplier wants to keep the business. They're offering 18% savings. We've got three other suppliers that are offering 20, 25, and 30% savings. We would give them a recommendation saying, hey, we think we should go with supplier two. Here's why, but it's really up to them to decide. They may want to be loyal and stay with their current supplier. And once they make the decision, we work with the supplier to implement those prices. And then for the next two years, we uh, provide reports on uh, audit reports each month, uh, calculating the savings and making sure the prices are right. So in total, Scott, each category we work on, it could take anywhere from one to one and a half hours of the client's time. Wow, that's fantastic. It sounds like you're doing all that heavy lifting and the firms just have to sit back and count the money, so to speak. And the thing is, we're not like the accounting firm coming in and taking over the the conference room for a couple weeks. We actually do all the work off site and then come back for that to them for three meetings, the baseline report, the options report, and then the audit report. So have you ever seen suppliers give pushback to you all where they say, you know, we're not going to release that information? I would imagine that they would comply if they want to keep the account. But have you ever seen suppliers that are just reluctant to share that data with you? Well, the thing is, Scott, we've been doing this for 26 years, so we've already worked with all the suppliers. So they, again, they're not happy to deal with us, but they know that we're open and honest. And they know that, you know, if their margins are high, we're going to ask them to sharpen their pencil. And if they don't want to sharpen a pencil, we're going to go out and look for other alternatives. So, uh, you know, they, they don't like working with us, but they will work with us because we've got the letter of authorization from the client that requires them to give us that data. So tell me then, let's kind of look at some success stories. What are some record numbers that you've brought in in terms of savings? Let's kind of look at maybe a smaller law firm, less than 30 attorneys, one that's kind of a mid-sized firm, 30 to maybe 150, and then a larger one, 150 and, and more. What are some of the amounts that you've been able to bring in terms of savings through your work to these firms? Yeah, here's an example. We work with a law firm in Texas where uh, we found 29% savings in their small package freight, which is the UPS, FedEx. And that was only with a, uh, with 20 attorneys. We did another project for 20 attorneys in an Ohio uh, labor and employment law practice and found 21% in their telecommunications uh, wireless cell phone uh, cost. And what, what does that translate into in terms of actual dollars? Uh, well, was, I think the spend was like $150,000. So it was like a, uh, you know, a savings of uh, 20% of that. So like $30,000. Wow. Wow. And then that's that you work with them for a two-year contract. And then after that, they just, do they, most of them renew it. They just want to keep you on their side well, to kind we'll of manage that. We can either go out again to the market in two years. There could be a lot of technology changes or could be new suppliers looking for market share, or we might just say, Hey, let us train your staff and we'll advise them what we do all the time, you know, each month and they can do it on their own, whatever way is best for them. That's great. Well, this is really interesting. I find because it, it has a lot of upside and not a lot of downside for the firms. If a firm wants to reach out to you and we'll certainly put your website link on the show notes, but what's the best way for them to reach you and is there anything else you'd like for them to know about you that we haven't talked about so far? Well, one of the things we can offer uh, the various law firms is we have uh, what we call a knowledge base. So we've got you know, 26 years of data 
from all types of industries, including law firms. And if they were willing to send us a high-level general ledger for a 12-month period telling us what they're spending in various areas of their expenses, we can take those figures and put it into our knowledge base and compare their costs to other firms their size. And what it will do is it'll come back and kick out and say, hey, these are you know, a couple areas where you know, they seem to be way out of line and uh, right. really needs to uh, do more of a discovery. So we'd be willing to do that at no cost just to uh, let them know that there might be some areas where they you know, should uh, investigate. That's great, Ed. I appreciate you offering that up. That sounds like something I'm sure a lot of the listeners will listen to. And if there's a partner that's listening to this, you can forward Ed's information to your leadership and we'll put that on the show notes. And what's your website address, Ed? Yes, the website is uh, expensereduction.com. And my email is eflanagan at expensereduction.com. That's great, Ed. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate this. And I hope that some of the listeners will take advantage of your service and that it brings you some mutual value. Okay, uh, Scott, I appreciate the opportunity to talk to your podcast uh, audience. Sounds great, Ed. Thanks for joining me. And if you have ideas or recommendations for this podcast, please email me at scott at attorneysearchgroup.com. For more information about the Attorney Search Group and the services I offer as a sports agent for partners who want to find a better platform, visit me on the web at attorneysearchgroup.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.